Hello and welcome to Regroup Podcast. I am Kelly Fitzgerald, also known as the Sober Senorita, and I'm one of your hosts. And I am Carly Benson, the author of MiraclesAreBrewing.com, and we are super excited today to be welcoming Maya, also known as the Sober Glow, on with us. She is a wife, daughter, mama to two fur babies, registered nurse, yoga and meditation instructor, and a proud teetotaling broad who values and enjoys taking care of herself and believes that choosing not to drink is the ultimate health choice. On September 10th, 2015, she made the decision to take alcohol off the table in order to live a fuller and more vibrant lifestyle. She does not identify as someone having been addicted to alcohol, nor is she part of any recovery programs. Now that alcohol is no longer a part of the equation, she has become a sober and woke woman who wanted to create a space for us sober or sober curious folks to discuss all the things that we can use to help facilitate the nurturing of ourselves while moving away from the drinking culture we live in. Maya's why is that she's sober for the health of it. Welcome, Maya. Thanks so much for being on the show with us today. We're super excited to chat with you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And you're in sunny California, right? I'm in cloudy Southern California. Yes. It's cloudy today. Gotcha. And are you, you're like in the LA area. Where are you? I'm right in West LA, right, um, right South of Westwood. Okay. Very cool. And you just made that move not that long ago from New York out there. So how's it been? It's good. Um, we needed to get out of New York city. We're there for like 20 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was time. We had been trying to get out for like five years, but things kept coming up and, uh, Finally, we made the switch and we sold everything, rented a car and uh, drove out. I know. I watched the whole process. It was beautiful. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's a big change, I feel like. That's massive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I mean, just the weather alone is probably just so glorious to you. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I think they lied because Southern California is cold. It's cold. Yeah. 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 I was just there and it was freezing when I was there. It gets yeah. chilly. It's hot humid Florida. And honestly, when I, we went to SoCal in in February for a wedding and Mm -hmm. I didn't bring enough winter clothes, I brought like two pairs of pants and like some light sweaters and that wasn't enough. Mm -mm. I mean, some mornings I take my dogs out for a walk and I can see my breath. It's that cold. Mm -hmm. Not, not so much right now, but we went out to a Palm desert last weekend and it was 102 degrees and it was (laughs) perfect for me. Oh my so. god. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds like where extreme. I'm at. I'm in Vegas in the desert. That's yeah. That's about right. But yeah, I mean, the cool thing about California is um it's pretty like throughout the whole year it stays kind of around 70, 80, and then it dips down at night, which it does get really cold. Um, and people don't realize that, but you get a lot of consistency for the most part. I I mean, is what I've heard. I don't live there yet, but Yeah. I'm waiting for it. You're waiting. Okay, cool. Well, let's just dive right into it. So first off, can you just, for those of you who may not know Maya, um, we just want to have you tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, um, what you do, what you do for work, what you do for fun, um, and, and tell us a little more about the Sober Glow. Um, I recently moved to LA, as we just said, from New York. So I was out there for about 20 years and I grew up in the Midwest. Let's see, I'm in LA now working as a nurse in the field of oncology, which is cancer. And I am loving it. Um, loving Southern California. Um, I guess with the sober glow coming about, um, we were back in New York and I had decided to stop drinking, um, which I'm sure I'll get into. But uh, my husband was um, telling me that I should join Bumble BFF to make some new friends because I was constantly (laughs) complaining about all my friends drinking and I don't know anybody who is sober. And when he said or pulled the Bumble BFF card, I said, that's it. No fucking way. I'm not doing that. 
Um, so I started the sober glow. So that's really where the sober glow came from. Um, gotcha. it was just my way of getting online and trying to meet some people who, you know, was, uh, who were living this type of lifestyle. I love that Bumble BFF. I actually didn't yeah. even know that was like a thing. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. I did hear that was a thing, but I've never heard of anyone who's actually done it. Oh my I God. know. And I wasn't about to start. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. So um, that's amazing. And that's how, um, I mean, that's where I first saw you was online on Instagram. And then we had the opportunity to meet at She Recovers, which was yes. amazing. Um, yeah. Same with me. Yeah. So tell us Kelly, more. Like, uh, oh, so go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just, I remember, I don't remember coming upon um, your Instagram, Carly, but I remember Kelly, I think I read your um, infamous blog. Yeah, yeah. most Quite likely. Quite a while ago, yeah. And I remember that's how I found you and was following you. Yay. Uh, the blog yeah. heard around the world. Yes. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I know I remember you seeing you on Instagram and then your Instagram kind of blew up, which is awesome. So it's really cool to see now that your website blossomed from there and these new things that you're doing with the Sober Glow. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, so um, tell us like a little bit more um, – about like what you do in your free time and what you like to do for fun. Like, tell us more about Maya. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I'm not working, I, um, I'm married to a wonderful guy and we have two little fur babies. So those two actually take up a lot of my time. Um, I guess right now we're just kind of nesting in a way, getting to know Southern California. We have some really good friends who live out here, but we're always looking to make more friends. And um, that's where the Sober Glow kind of comes into play as well. Um, I've created a book club here and I'm starting to meet more and more sober women out here, which is really, really sweet. That's awesome. Um, and I find like so many people are so ready to like, go out and meet more sober people instead of just like being online talking to each other. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I love that. So cool. Um, yeah. Very good. Yeah. That's great. So, so doing that and then, um, we're pretty active outside. So we like to go on big hikes and uh, take the dogs with us. And we love going to the beach. I'm a little, uh, sun goddess. I, <laughs> I know everyone kind of rips me a new one whenever I post something about being in the sun, but I love it. I do um, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm missing. Cause I mean, I'm from Florida and I've always been a beach girl and there's no beach in the desert. So, uh, I mean, there's definitely sun, but I'm missing the beach quite a bit. <laughs> So you're lucky. Take yeah. it all in. It seems yeah. like SoCal is the perfect place to be since you want beach and, and hiking. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I was pleasantly surprised when I moved out west too because, you know, growing up on the East Coast, like there, there's not really any hiking going on. I mean, you can go to like, you know, North Carolina or something, but I never did. And now Either. it's like basically in my backyard and it's awesome. And I didn't really know it, but I love hiking. It's great. Yeah. So yeah. much fun. So much fun. Agreed. <clears throat> so on regroup, we often ask our guests what the word regroup means to them. So Maya, what do you think that word means to you? Um, I guess maybe just taking a step back, looking at what's going on and, uh, and yeah. And just putting, um, yourself and life into perspective. Mm, um, I love that. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best answer, but yeah. It doesn't have to be the best. It's your, <laughs> yeah, you get to decide. There's no ranking, no. There's no ranking of who Thank you. I like, I that. like that. Getting a yeah. new perspective. That's a really good way to put it. I don't think anybody yeah, said perfect. that before. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I love about asking that question. Cause each person has a different, different answer. Like no one's ever said the same thing twice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a different take on it. And, and that was kind of like our goal is to, um, help people sort of realize that no matter what, we all end up having to regroup in some sort of sense of the way and, and usually more than once in our lives. So, um, yes, many exactly. times. 
over and over again. So, yeah. So leading into um, that, let's talk a little bit about um, your regroup story as far as, you know, when you stopped drinking alcohol and maybe why and what that looked like to you. So would you kind of take us back and share a little bit of insight into your journey and maybe how you regrouped your own life? Yeah. Um, so I guess I always kind of had this idea that I wasn't going to be a drinker later in life. Um, I have my journals from my 21st birthday, literally my journal entry. Um, I wrote, this is not for you. Oh, wow. This, this is not for you. And you know this. And, um, and I'll, I'll never get rid of that journal, but it took me almost two decades, obviously, you guys know this, to walk away from it. But I knew like that whole time, I, I knew that something was off with this for me. And it just, and I had to be very careful on how I used it. Um, I did everything to feel the way that I wanted to feel other than cutting out the drinking. Um, I use, you know, I did all the cleanses and all the self care and I was a yoga instructor and, you know, I was very adamant about, I'm so healthy and I take care of myself. Um, but I was, you know, going home after a long day and drinking a bottle of wine by myself, which wasn't cool and wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, so that started weighing on me a lot. And, and again, and I say this and anyone listening, like, I didn't just stop. I didn't say one day, like, okay, this is enough. It was a progressive, like, I need to stop. Mm -hmm. Why am I not stopping right now? And then I would talk myself into like, oh, it's okay. Everybody does it. Um, you're just like everybody else. Everyone you're hanging out with is going out and drinking the same amount, if not more. And I was, I was a productive human being. I was constantly doing something or I was in school. I have several degrees. Um, and I looked like I was healthy, you know, but I knew in fact that I, I didn't feel that way. I was always tired and my hangovers were legendary. Um, <laughs> even if I drank a little bit, like, oh gosh, my husband's eyes will roll. If I ever talk about my past hangovers, just he would literally have to do everything for me because I just wouldn't get out of bed. Wow. Uh, and it just, I didn't want to live like that. And uh, how much were you drinking or like how often or what, like, what did it look like? Was it wine? Like, what was your jam? <laughs> um, so I wasn't picky at all. Um, I worked in a bar in New York City for most of my 20s as I was putting myself through um, school. And we drank at work. We were encouraged to drink at work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would drink anything that I wanted pretty much. And I, I could hold my alcohol, which was always very scary. And my mother used to say that to me when I was a kid, that I would tell her the amount of beer that I drank in high school. And she was shocked. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I was never a fall down drunk. I was, you know, I always had my wits about me to a certain extent. Um, and then when I got out of the bar scene and I started working, you know, an adult job and, um, when I got into nursing, you, you well, you don't fuck around with a hangover in nursing at all. Um, so my drinking curtailed more to like wine at dinner, mm -hmm. or if I didn't have to work the next day, um, I would allow myself to drink a couple glasses of wine and a couple glasses usually turned into a bottle. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't drinking every day, but I was drinking out of boredom when I was drinking for no reason. And I wasn't really a big, like, I didn't like to go out anymore. I didn't like the bar scene. I would love to go like to dinner with girlfriends and drink. And we always drank too much whenever mm -hmm. I was out with my girlfriends. Um, but it wasn't like a going out on a Friday or Saturday night. And then I was in some club till four in the morning. That wasn't me. Um, right. mm -hmm. My drinking was on the couch pretty much. 
Yeah, it's interesting you say two out of boredom. I think a lot that can resonate with a lot of people. Boredom and stress are like the two things, you know, I think a lot of people will start drinking wine and one glass here turns into two glasses and then it's a bottle Mm -hmm. and that's, it's very, it is, it's progressive. So yeah. yeah. So what was like the turning point for you? Well, I mean, a couple of things, um, the big, big one. And I, I talk about this sometimes, but maybe not to the extent of what really went wrong. Um, my husband and I were, we've been together for almost 17 years. Oh my gosh. I think it is 16, 17 years. And we've been married since 2011. Um, we were ready to call it quits and I stopped drinking at the end of 2015. So we were together, we're married four years and we, we pretty much said that this is it. We're done. Um, and it, a lot of it had to do with, I needed to take care of myself and I was lashing out at him and doing things that were completely inappropriate as a wife. Um, and I needed to quit. I needed to stop that. And I was taking a lot of my anger out on him and, you know, he, he could only handle so much. Sure. So, um, yeah, so that was, def- Oh, go ahead. Honey. I was just going to say, I can relate to that yeah. as well. He's, you know, he's a stand up guy and he put up with a lot of my shit. And I, I would drink a lot around him. And whenever he saw me do that, he'd stop immediately. Cause he knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. that he was going to be the babysitter and that he was going to be the one, you know, the next day, uh, you know, licking my wounds and mm-hmm. taking care of everything that needs to be taken care of. Um, yeah. so it, it put a lot of strain on our relationship. And when I told him the day that I stopped, he, he didn't believe me and mm-hmm. for good reason, because I had talked about not drinking for a long time. Um, and it took a long time. Like we actually never separated, but we were broke for sure. Um, and it took time to heal. And I mean, thank God, because right now I love that man more than I have ever loved him. And I think the feeling is mutual and our relationship is light years better than it was ever before. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. I just want to say I relate to that so much because my husband and I were together before I quit drinking as well. Uh And that's kind of what brought me to quit. Um, he, you know, was fed up with me and my drinking and he always had to babysit me and mm-hmm. clean up my messes, literally carry me out of the nightclubs or any of those things. And he got sick of it. And he is the one who broke up with me in 2013 when I made the decision to finally quit. Um, and then we ended up getting back together like a, a week or two later when I told him I'm, I'm quitting, you know, and he, again, didn't believe me as either, just like your situation. Um, And it took a while for us to put things back together and to really like heal and figure out if we still loved each other without me drinking and having that thing removed from our lives. I mean, he, I don't know if your husband still drinks on occasion, but mine does, but he also changed his drinking habits very drastically too. And it completely transformed our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. My husband was a big drinker himself. He was, I married like fraternity brother 101, um, (laughs) which is, I, I wouldn't have thought that for myself, but I did. And he was, he's like a lovable guy. He's like the life of the party. First one in last one out. And he can drink anyone under the table and still be a rock star, like totally fine. Um, but his drinking stopped, um, when I stopped Mm. and not completely, but he just, I think he was waiting for the okay as well to be like, okay, I want to grow up as well. We were just talking about this the other night. Like I told him, I was like, I bet like within three years you're sober as well, because he'd really, he'll have a drink here and there, but nothing like we used to. And he never really, I mean, yeah, he was a frat boy and he was a big partier, but he didn't get the way that I got when I drank. Like yeah. my anger would come out. He would just be, you know, the life of the party. Um, oh my gosh. It's, it's so funny how similar our stories are. I was just going to say, you guys are yeah. so yeah. similar. It's awesome. Yeah. Like 
Fur was the life of the party. When I met him, he was the DJ. I was like the drunk girl on the dance floor. And, I was like, oh, hot. and like, you know, he knew everyone in Cancun and like, he was so popular. And like, yeah, we, all we did was party and, and drink at first. Like that was our entire relationship. So then we both had to like move on from that and really find our footing. Like as a couple, like, can we grow together? Can we heal together? Can we move past this? And his relationship to alcohol has completely changed, although he still does drink once in a while. Um, He never gets like we used to get. And he had even back then, he never blacked out. I I think he said he blacked out like once in his whole life, Mm -hmm. which is what I used to do all the time. And he's never like injured himself like I did or, you know, had to have someone taking care of him like he did for me and all those things. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Thank God for strong men. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was yeah, going to say, I mean, like, too, it's cool because it's interesting how it's just a testament to, like, living by example and how it actually does directly affect people around you when you become better. It mm-hmm. It's like a mirror to them. And what a cool thing to be able to go through that transformation for both of you guys with your significant other. And I don't know. I mean, I just have to imagine, like, if you can get through that, I feel like you can get through anything because that's a big yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, it's I a feel big that deal. Way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're completely different as a couple now. Like we are, we still love to banter and we pick on each other and we do unfortunately act like brother and sister a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're very competitive with each other, Yeah, but um, in a really nice, good, wholehearted way now, as opposed to like where when I was drinking, I was like ready to take him down at all costs, you know? Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Our, Fur and I were so, so, it was so toxic, like the drugs and alcohol, I feel like made us that way. And like we ever, I would take anything to be mad at him for and just take it to a level where it got so close to being like a physical altercation many times and things like that. And I can't even believe like now that I was ever like that, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I feel completely different about him and I obviously have different coping mechanisms now, but it's crazy that I think back to even living like that. And it's so funny because every year on my sober anniversary, which just passed, I I, t- I always thank him. Like if he never, you know, constantly put that, planted that seed in my head, like, you know, your drinking's not normal. This isn't normal. Like, I don't like taking care of you, blah, blah, blah. All the things that he used to say to me that annoyed the shit out of me at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I would have never thought that, okay, I need to do something about this and finally took that step because I really did it for him. And like that first few days I was like all right I guess I'll try this because my relationship is fucked up but then it became for me obviously and, and that's why I continue to do it today for myself but he's the one who planted the seed so yeah 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 Joe said to me once when I was drinking um when I was you know playing this whole role of being so healthy and all very into like my self-care and but still heavily drinking he was like he looked at me once and he called me a fraud And that just woke me the fuck up. I was like, like I needed him to tell me that because I feel like I knew I was doing that, Mm -hmm. but he, he just called me out and oh my God, he's so good at calling me out. He was, if I, (laughs) you know, go from one end to the other, if I'm not being myself, he'll, he'll get right in my face and tell me. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes we need that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We need that push. I mean, I think I could have kept justifying my behavior and my habits forever if mm-hmm. I had, didn't have someone close to me really say something like that and really like break up with me and say, like, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, yeah. that's how I knew that it was like time. There's something's wrong here. I can't just keep sweeping it under the rug and making empty promises and like trying to moderate. Yeah. Oh, moderation. Forget it. I tried. I was just (laughs) going to say, (laughs) so tell us. Okay. So we know like kind of what the catalyst was like. So what did it actually look like? Because like a lot of people don't just stop one day. I mean, I I was fortunate that is what happened. But like, yeah, kind of bring us through that piece of the equation here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So um, actually in 2013, I did, I was going to do a 90 day no drinking cleanse and I made it 62 days. Um, and then my mother was in an accident and I used that as an excuse, um, because I was stressed out, started drinking again. And then I start, I think my drinking increased more than it had ever, um, from 2004, 13, 14 to mm-hmm. when I quit in 2015. 
um, after I did that so-called cleanse. Right. Um, and so, and then having uh, my relationship on the rocks, plus my relationship with a lot of my girlfriends were kind of strained as well, because as you know, when you get drunk with people, shit happens, you yeah. say shitty things, you treat each other like shit, like those things were repeatedly happening. And I was becoming, you know, the girl that was just like angry when she was drinking and no one really wants to be around that. Um, so with my relationships kind of being rocky, um, and then my health came into question as well. Um, I've never really talked about this, but I had, um, in 2000, I think in 2014, um, I ended up in the hospital and then long story short, stage four endometriosis, oh, wow. I had to, um, have surgery for the first time. Um, and as we all know, alcohol is one of the best ways to increase estrogen in your body. And they say that endometriosis is a development of increased estrogen. Yeah. Mm. I've heard um, that's really painful. Were you in a lot of pain? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, a, <laughs> I was it was a really tough time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had, um, a cyst rupture and that was the catalyst. Oh that was the beginning of me finding out what was going on. And then after I quit drinking last, last year, um, I went in for a checkup and they found something and they, they actually thought that it could be a little bit worse. So I had to have an oncologist, um, go in and thankfully it was just more endometriosis. Um, wow. but yeah, like my health was, that'll get your attention. Teetering. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, so when I finally did stop in September of 2015, um, it really was just a culmination of so many things. And I was just like, I am just, I'm, I'm done. Like I have to make this decision. I'm about to turn 40. I kind of knew that 40 was, I don't know why, but I knew that 40 was the age that things were going to turn around. Mm -hmm. I had just turned 39. So I just got kind of a head start on it. I love um, it. my last day drinking wasn't like, it wasn't crazy. I had two Corona lights. Um, and that was it. And since then I have, I don't even smell it. I've never had it on my lips. I don't kiss my husband if he drinks a beer. Like mm -hmm. I just stay away from it. But that first um, week, you know, I was with my husband. It was rocky. We had a um, a big wedding coming up in at the end of September, and it was in Sonoma Valley. And my husband pretty much uninvited me to the wedding, which oh. I was devastated about. Um, but it was the best thing he could have ever done because he went to that wedding. He left me in New York and I knew that if I stayed in New York by myself, I was either one going to end our marriage immediately by, because he left and probably end up drinking again, or I needed to get out of New York and do my own thing. So I went and booked myself two weeks up at Kripalu in Massachusetts. Yes. I don't know. Have you guys been up there? I haven't. I was supposed to go actually last year, right after she recovers. And it was just like, not That's the right. easiest place to get to. And yeah. I don't remember, I had something come up and didn't end up going, but I'm like actually dying to go there. So yeah, that's amazing. What a Hands great place. Down, my favorite place in yeah. the world. So I went online, I booked myself, and then I came across um, Noah Levine and his refuge recovery. And he was doing a weekend retreat up there with meditation. And so I signed up for that as well, just the three days. And then the rest was their R&R program. Um, oh. It was, I turned off my phone. I didn't speak to my husband. I didn't take any messages from any of my friends or family. I just worked on myself. I read books. I had my own room. Um, I just focused on myself. And literally, I feel like those days up there, I think it was 10 or 12 days, solidified my choice finally. Wow. What an incredible um, kickoff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, and I came back and I, I literally could just tell my husband, I was like, thank you thank you for doing that because it made me like take a step back, regroup mm -hmm. and yeah. my perspective. There it is. I want in my life. 
Oh, and I so, love that. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't realize I that was like you, the start of your um, like recovery journey or sober path. Was that, is, is it Kripalu? I never know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, Kripalu. Uh, Kripalu. Okay. I wonder how many people go there and then get sober. Oh, I'd love to know. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's to die I've for. I've heard it's it very was, magical. Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. there's tons of healers and teachers and mm-hmm. all kinds of like great people that go there and host workshops. If, if you guys are listening to this and you're interested in some sort of like R&R workshop, any kind of retreat, you should check out Kripalu and we're not getting paid for this, but... <laughs> but you should but you should yeah (laughs) especially because now you got a testimonial from Maya so there it is yeah Um, I would love to go back there that was the one thing that I was kind of upset about leaving the east coast that I wasn't going to be able to get on a greyhound and go up there mm -hmm. anytime yeah Yeah. oh well I bet you there's some cool places in California too but not oh I'm sure yeah (laughs) yeah awesome so after you made that decision, Maya, how did you go about regrouping? Like what practices did you put into place after that? What helped you through the transition? Um, journaling. Number one, I call it my fuck you journal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I need one of those immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Um, I, I would just like all of my anger, all of that stress went into my words, into my journal. And the funny thing is, um, after that Kripalu trip with Noah, I didn't speak the entire time that I was in that workshop with him. And then at the end we were leaving and packing up and he was walking out and I grabbed him and I, you know, I kind of said hello. And I don't know if you guys have met Noah, but he, when he looks at you, he just like, he sees you. Wow. And I looked at him and I almost started crying and I was just like, I'm so angry and I don't know why. And I don't know if my drinking is making me angry or if my anger is making me drink. And he looked at me and he said, stop drinking and watch what happens to your anger. And that is what my fuck you journal was all about. Like I just focused all of my anger into that journal and I got it out of me. And taking away the chemical of alcohol and then releasing all of your pent up emotions, or at least for myself, was, I I mean, I can't explain the release. You know, you guys are both writers. You probably know this. Like, it was just, it it was unbelievable. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I got the chills when you said that you asked him that question or you said, I'm so angry and I don't know if the alcohol is making me angry or if the anger is making me drink. That's huge. Oh my gosh. I think so many people struggle with anger and that's definitely been my thing too. Like I, I, Kelly and I have talked about this. Like I'm not a big crier. Mm -hmm. I'm not like very emotional, like my sadness and fear and all of that stuff, it comes out as anger. And, um, I wasn't necessarily like an angry drunk, but like, even after I got sober, I had to, I've had to deal with like anger issues. And so I love Mm -hmm. that idea of a fuck you journal. I think I need one seriously. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Great. So I have that. And then, um, I, would love to say that I'm a meditator. I I wouldn't call myself one though, but I do like sitting and attempting to meditate. I've had some great experiences, but then I've also been like, I can't do this. I need to move. I'm type A. So um, sweating also helps. I was just going to say, exercise. can you yeah. tell us about this sweat thing that you have? Cause I remember you posting oh, something yeah, yeah. about it. What, what is this? It's like a wrap or something, right? Yeah. It's an infrared <laughs> sauna wrap. They're amazing. Oh so in, where are you guys at? Oh, Las Vegas and, um, Florida. Kelly, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, God, probably the two hottest places that they don't have them. Um, there's in New York, it's higher dose. And then out here in LA, they're called it's shape house. Yes. And they have the infrared saunas and you go in, it's not like a regular sauna. It heats you up from the inside out. They say it's a dry heat, which I love. Um, but my husband and I, we bought one here cause I had been going to shape house, which I think is like 55 bucks a pop yeah. and then bought our own infrared blanket and got our money's worth in like 
eight days, I think it was. Wow. I was obsessed. Um, it's detoxifying. I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to try to tell all the benefits, but it's good. Yeah. I remember <laughs> so, do you, seeing do you, you post sweat it. like a lot. Like, yeah. Is it like hot yoga? Uh, Bikram yoga. I would say feel like you're going to die. I I, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not into heat, it's really hard. Like by the end of it, I just did it this morning and I did it last night too, because I use it as an excuse and I don't want to (laughs) exercise. Um, um, at the end of it, it's, it's like moaning and screaming and huffing and huff, you know, just like you got to get out of there, but you kind of stay until the end and you like roll out of this infrared blanket and you're soaking wet. Cause I, you wear sweats in it and like big socks and stuff. Wow. Disgusting. You do it for like but an hour, like, right? Yeah. I do like 15 minutes is what I can handle. Yeah. Well, when I saw you posting about it, this was like a while ago, I think you were doing it on your story or maybe you made a post about it. I remember messaging you and being like, what is this thing? And I looked up the shape house. So if you guys are Mm -hmm. interested in like learning more, they have some cool videos on the shape house. Even if you can't go to the shape house, you can kind of see what she's talking about. But yeah, sweat is like a huge thing for me too. I love to sweat. And like, actually, if I work out and I don't really, get a sweat I don't feel like I actually did anything <laughs> so I agree yeah I'm agree. with you yeah, I totally can agree with that for yeah sure. but yeah I don't know Kelly it does seem like super hot like Bikram style hot like yeah I probably people... won't ever be able to do it but it sounds like it might work for someone <laughs> yeah else. I mean maybe like <laughs> but I mean like baby I... steps 30 minutes first <laughs> So like, I just have to say like working out in a gym that doesn't have air conditioning, which is what I do every day is like a big step for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like, bet. And it's so humid there. It doesn't have air and especially in the Florida summer. So I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you brought that up because I was like, wait a minute, we got to talk about this rap thing. <laughs> yeah. What else? Very cool. Um. So, I mean, that's about it. I guess I love taking long walks. My exercise routine has kind of changed a little bit. I don't know if it's out of pure, um, just because I'm nesting a little bit in California. I feel like I've gotten a little lazy since I moved here. Um, and maybe that's for the best slowing down, but now my exercise kind of looks like really long walks around the neighborhood, or I go to, um, a Pilates class. Um, I don't really run all that much anymore. Um, that's bar classes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. You, didn't you put one in your, in your yeah. place? You do it at home too, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But to be honest right now, I have a rack of clothes, um, hanging on oh. it cause they're drying. So <laughs> full disclosure, it's not used every day. I love it. Love it. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, would you? What would you say has kind of supported you the most in your sobriety process? Because I, I know too, and I definitely want to get into this, is that um, a lot of what you share online is being sober for the health of it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I'm just curious, like, what would you say supports you the most in being sober for the health of it? Um, I guess with the word support, I would have to say my husband, my relationship with him, Oh, that would be yeah. like the supportive part mm-hmm. for me. Um, what inspires me to stay sober and to continue living this is, um, honestly, it's meeting women like yourselves online and then ideally in real life. And just knowing that this community is out there and it's thriving and, I made the right choice and seeing other people make this choice and seeing them like change their um, perspective on life and like go into a completely different direction from being a drinker to being a sober woman um, is just incredible. I love love it. So Instagram, I, I mean, there's a lot, a lot to hate about social media, but I love Instagram. I really do. I find so much inspiration in it and anything other than that. I just 
forget about it. I don't engage. Yeah. So when I have a drinking dream, it's always related around Instagram, unfortunately. (laughs) Really? I feel like, yeah. Interesting. I know. So I feel this, um, I feel that in my dream, I will feel the guilt of like having to go onto the sober glow and be like, I'm drinking or I drank and like waking up and feeling that almost humiliation or because I'm so boisterous about being sober yeah that that if I did that like Mm -hmm. I would have so much shame around it so I feel like it holds me accountable absolutely oh my gosh that happens to me a lot during my drinking dream so like whatever's happening in the dream happens and then at the end of the dream I'm always like how am I going to tell my blog followers about this yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah I get it it's true (laughs) it really is I like I I love that you brought that up because I think um it's scary for a lot of people to become public about their choice of to not drink. And um, uh-huh. I, I get that, totally get it. But I think it's a beautiful thing because it really does keep you accountable, you know? Like anytime I've ever even like in real life had like a questionable moment where like I'm like, oh, I'm at a wedding. It's, it's just champagne yeah. or whatever. I'm like, no. First of all, you don't even like champagne. And second of all, what are you going to tell all your peeps? Like, you, cause exactly. I, you know, you gotta, I'm, I'm just, I'm really big on like truth telling and being authentic. And like, there's no way that I would be able to just be like, oh, you know, sweep that under the table. So yeah, yeah. it's a huge accountability tool. So in that yeah. fact, I love it. I love it mm-hmm. because it keeps me, you know, keeps me honest. Yeah. I love that you said that. I felt like I was the only one who ever had those thoughts too. Like in my dreams, like my mind is like, Oh, how are you going to break this to your blog followers? Good job, Kelly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're a fraud. Or like, even if you wake up and you're like, Oh, did that happen? What am I going to do? How am I going (laughs) to? Yeah, totally. Well, and I think that's, um, that's another probably tool in your toolbox too, is just that you have opened up and you have shared and you, um, I mean, there's, you've got quite a big following and it's, I think it is because you're so authentic and, um, I love your take on things and, you know, just how raw and real you are. So yeah, if you guys are not following Maya, she's the sober glow on Instagram and it's, she's got lots of cool content on there. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, uh, overall, how would you say um, being sober, not drinking, and just regrouping your life, how has it changed your life? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the little angry girl in me is still there, but she's quite quiet now. Um, I think rationally now I'm not picking fights with my husband, assuming that he's out to sabotage my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm, I mean, I'm a better wife, light years better. Um, I'm just, I'm softer. I feel like I'm finally myself. As you guys probably know, I just started um, growing my real hair color. Yes, <laughs> I, I love it. That. I never thought that I would do. Like, I just feel like every day I'm more and more like who I am. Right. And I'm not trying to present myself in a way that is not actually how I'm feeling. Um, so that's, I mean, just that alone is incredible. Um, and now I, I do the things that I talked about doing, um, back when I was drinking and I, I bring this up a lot, this topic of, you know, I had many, many conversations with my girlfriends and with my husband or anybody who would listen uh, about all these things I want to do, but there's not enough time or, you know, I don't have enough money or um, I'm tired, so I can't do it. And now it's like, if you're not doing what you want to do, then it's because you don't actually really want to do it. Mm. It's not, you're not like, you're not stopping yourself by just going out and drinking. Now you're just not doing something because you actually really don't want to do it. I love, yeah, Um, it's truth. It's the truth juice there. (laughs) Yeah. um, So I have to, I'm, I'm much more real with myself, with what I want and what I don't want. My decision process is much better. Um, 
oh gosh, where else <laughs> has this changed my life? I just feel like everything is different. I'm a better mm-hmm. daughter, a better, certainly a better daughter-in-law. Um, and just a better friend. I feel like I'm more there for my friends now than I was ever or could have been for them before. That's what I love about sobriety. It changes the way we move through life. That's why it hits every area of our lives because it literally changes how you see the world, how you move through life and and that affects everything. And I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I feel like sometimes thinking back, and you kind of alluded to that too, Kelly, of like how you said you can't imagine like fighting with fur that way. But like mm-hmm. I just can't even imagine living my life that way. Like it it feels like it was like a dream or something or like just mm-hmm. a different lifetime. Like I, I just can't even imagine not being in my right frame of mind or like not having this like level of clarity that I always have. Um, it just – I can't even imagine. It changes everything. Yeah, exactly. Every single thing. And so the better there's, I can't think of one thing that's like, Oh, well that's shitty now that I don't drink. Right. I agree. Mm -hmm. I don't either. I can't really think of anything that I feel like I'm missing out on or. Nope. 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 Um, so Maya, what are the three best pieces of advice you have ever received? And it could be about sobriety. It could be about life, anything. Um, my husband, uh, telling me to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big, uh, skeptic, uh, maybe not so much too. anymore, but, um, just not assuming someone is, has an ulterior motive or out to get me for some reason or, and not have, I'm so, so guilty that, of that. So yeah. oh my guilty. God, me too. Mark tells and me that husband, all the time. All the time. Yeah, my husband is the same way as well. He's, I always like that. I always say that one of the things I love about him is that the level of kindness and like oh. his heart and for everyone. Whereas I'm a skeptic, just like you said, Maya, I feel that mm-hmm. way. Exactly. And every time he brings me back down, like, yes, well, how do you know that they're not being like that? They're just nice people. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm like, okay, yes. right. I'm <laughs> always amazed by that. Mark, my boyfriend has the same outlook. He like, if something goes wrong, I immediately think like it was on purpose or, or whatever. And he's like, Oh, you know, somebody cuts me off. They're like, Oh, he probably didn't see you. And I'm like, you know, like little things like that. I'm like, how do you have this yep. outlook? I need this outlook. I love that. The benefit of the doubt. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's hard work, but it is possible. It is. it is hard. It's definitely hard, but it's every day I feel a little bit better. And I like, again, that softness in me, mm-hmm. I'm not so hard. I'm not so defensive all the time. I was so defensive. Yeah. Um, so I think I have to, you know, thank him for that. He's always like the voice of reason for me. Um, my yoga teacher, Sean Korn, do you know, do you guys know who that is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I love her too. Um, she had said in a teacher training many, many years ago, um, and I can't quote her, but to the extent, this is the extent of what she said. If you if you um, care so much about people liking you and praising you, you're certainly going to care when they don't. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. she used to be like, if someone really likes you as a teacher and they love you, r- let it roll off your shoulders because someone right behind them is going to dislike you just as much. And you do just don't let the likes or the dislikes affect you. And I think that just rolls over in so much of life in general. Yeah. So I really try to, you know, keep that, that even keel. I always remember those words from her. Mm -hmm. Um, Important truth. I think a lot of people are very concerned about what others think. And it's kind of a beautiful thing when you just step into, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, it's great. Like, yeah, yeah. but I just am doing me and, and, and that's the most beautiful thing ever. And like, if you like it, amazing, like come hang. And if not cool, I get it. I don't, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a big, like a big thing in social media too, which drives me crazy. Um, how people are very not, I shouldn't say how people, but the status of what your Facebook following is, or, you know, just it's, I don't know. It, I feel like it's just not real. 
It's not. Yeah. I've talked yeah. about this too because like for a little while I did care about that and I have kind of a big following on my Facebook page. And then at the end of the day, like I don't even really use Facebook that much anymore. And all mm-hmm. that time I spent trying to like get it to be a certain thing is kind of like, I mean, I still love that and it's still an outlet, but it just like isn't as important to me as just showing up is now. Yeah. Right. I think especially in terms of social media or being influencers like Mm -hmm. we are, which is so weird to say still, (laughs) but I think it's like, that's what we have to do. Like be honest, show up as our authentic selves. Like I really try to talk about like when I have bad days and when I have good days and when Mm -hmm. I'm feeling shitty and when I'm feeling happy, because that's the real deal, especially when it comes to sobriety. Um, and people need to hear that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what they want. The people that will want to hear that and that need to hear it will gravitate towards you no matter what. So it's like, you don't really have to do anything. You just have to be yourself. If I agree, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what was that, uh, too? Yeah. Oh, and then, and she recovers. Do you guys remember when Glennon, she was talking about, um, don't post your pain in real time. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like jump the stage and hug her because I, oh, I don't know why that resonated with me so much, but I just feel like sometimes it's, um, it's like watching a car crash at times, seeing someone go through something like you, you, you're witnessing this pain mm-hmm. on social media and then the next day it's something different. And then the next day it's something different. And I feel like people are very quick to like, um, promote cures for something. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, you know, I did this for this and now I'm better. Right. Yeah. You know, um, just like, I don't know. I just, I really liked that. Like if you're going through something like just sit with it, mm-hmm. you don't immediately have to tell the entire world every single thing in real yeah. time because yeah. it's going to, you know, just allow yourself some breathing space. And mm-hmm. I really try to do that in my life. Like not. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I just to give yourself space to, to process. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what you're trying to say and is what I felt as well before I got sober is like, we were very reactive yes. and maybe yeah. I know I was even on social media, like quick to blast out a status, like being like this person made me mad or they fucked up or I had a fucked up day or whatever. And like blast all my feelings out there and like bear all. And now I kind of have that new tool to sit in it, to think about it a little bit before I blow up on social media. Yeah. I can't take it back, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Um, too, once you have kind of sat with the pain and processed it and you're not necessarily inside of it, you can share from a more like, a higher self sort of place versus like when you're sitting inside of something and it's really heavy, you might not be able to communicate from that place. And like, I'm sure Kelly, you can probably even speak about this, about like you're writing your book now and Mm -hmm. it's probably a lot of the stuff you're probably writing about is coming from a place of like you've processed it and now you can write about it and not not that it makes it easier, but I think your words come across different when you're not in it. Right. Exactly. You can be more reflective and you're not like wallowing in those feelings. Like Mm -hmm. the feelings still come up, Mm -hmm. but you know, like you're in a different space now. So you have a different perspective, which I think helps a lot. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with maybe you're going through something really tough and you need to like share that, with your social media or blog or however you do it. But there's a difference between saying I'm having a shitty day and I cried all day today, Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, I just signed divorce papers and my life is really fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some, you know, ways you can be less obvious and kind of just be like, I'm working through something. I'm having a crappy day. If, you know, sharing something like that helps and everyone's different, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I love that though, just giving yourself the space to actually heal it and feel it and then 
you know, share from a place of, hey, I went through this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with Glennon's last book as well, she was much more able to like um, give a name to everything she was going through and kind of like really navigate it better than when she was actually like going through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you guys read that book, um, Kat Marnell's yes. How to yeah. Murder Your Life? Like yeah. she was she was in the midst of it, you know. She was going through it when she wrote that book. Oh, very, yes. very different book than yes. that book someone was intense like, for me. It, yeah, it was very intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very intense. I didn't actually realize she was writing it as she was going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then that makes a little more sense of why it was in so intense. You could actually feel the intense energy coming through that book. Um, I guess probably because that's how she was feeling. And it, you could definitely feel that as you were reading it. At least I could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that book was difficult for a lot of us who are sober to read because there was no like ending where it's all happy and she gets sober and her life's so great. Again, he kind of leaves you hanging because yeah. you don't really know what happens or what she's going through today. So I think in that way, we, a lot of us were like, whoa, this is like, intense and we don't get closure. Um, but I mean, as far as like relating to what she was going through, I mean, I could relate to almost everything she wrote about, mm-hmm. except maybe the, like the hallucinations, but, <laughs> um, like the way that she described her pain and her relationships with men and her partying and going out to the nightclubs and all that crap. Like I loved it because I used to be exactly like that and I could relate, but yeah, it's, I think sadder when we we know that she's like in the middle of it yeah, and still giving value to that stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that it's hard. I think it's more difficult to read. It was. For sure. Yeah. We read that actually as like part of our Bloom Club and um, it was interesting to kind of get everybody's reaction. And I think we all shared that same sense of like sentiment of like, it wasn't necessarily a happy ending. <laughs> right. And um, I mean, I, I appreciated her and her book. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely yeah. serves a purpose. I I hope 20 years from now she'll be sober and maybe she might look back on that and be like, damn, I wish I didn't write it <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think it serves a purpose, you know, and I think it, there it will help a lot of people. And I know I related to it and I loved it. I actually wish I would have written more while I was going through getting sober because a lot of like my writing on my blog, I didn't start my blog until a few years into my sobriety. So I was kind of looking at it in hindsight. Um, not, yeah. not necessarily that I wish I would have been blogging while it was happening, but maybe journaling mm-hmm. like what you Journal, probably yeah. were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of wish that I would have, cause now I, when I write, I have to kind of like tap back into where I was and how I was feeling and kind of like go off of my memory. So yeah. from that perspective, I think it's kind of cool to be able to document, well, this is it. This is exactly how I was feeling, but mm-hmm. I think there's a, uh, a journal might be the better place for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I journaled a lot of my journals. Um, almost every one of them, I open up a page and it's more than likely somewhere on that page. It says quit drinking. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were it just was getting that message. Stop running. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think Always. a lot of people do get that message a lot before they actually do something about it. Um, yeah. you know, I think that's a testament too for anybody who's listening. Like if you're having that tap on your heart space to quit drinking or examine your relationship with alcohol or that question of, do I have a problem? The answer is most likely yes. You know, like if, if it's making you feel that way, and that's always my thing is if it doesn't make you feel good, then that's the only question you need to be answering. Honestly, who cares about the labels mm-hmm. and all that? <clears throat> But yeah, it's 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 interesting because I think a lot of people go through that where they just have this repeated message and then it become and at first it's a whisper and then it just yep. starts screaming at you. Yep. So um, let's kind of wrap things up here. So tell us what you're up to right now. Um, how can we support you? Like let us know where, where everybody can find you. I'm definitely interested in hearing more about all of the happenings in um, – your sober events and all the stuff that you're up to. So tell us, you know, tell us what that looks like. Um, 
so the IG is the sober glow. And then I, like you said, I just started a website. There's nothing really on the website. Um, I don't write a blog. I have a couple interviews that I copy and pasted and put it on there just to have something, some <laughs> content. <laughs> um, so there's, there's that I, I hope to, you know, add more onto the website as it feels good to do so. Um, I am doing some sober hikes with some girls here in LA. Um, clear and present danger is her IG handle. Um, Lori, who's heading up these hikes. Um, we've done three. Now we have six to go for the summer. They're the, um, highest six peaks in Southern California. So I'm super excited about that. That's amazing. Uh, I might have to shoot over and do one of these with you, you guys. Should. I should. You absolutely should. Really, Maybe I might. Memorial Day weekend. I might try. Um, well, I'm going to actually be at a retreat until June 1st, but I was thinking maybe when I get back from that, I can. we'll, we'll have to plan something. I like okay. it. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so we're doing the hikes, and then I have the Baja trip in October which is a trip that I did a couple years ago when I was absolutely not sober. And it's a stand-up paddleboard trip through the islands um, in the Sea of Cortez, which was mind-blowing. It's super rugged, camping under the stars. Um, all the meals are made um, by some gentlemen who come out and cook three times a day. Wow. Uh, I think it's when is that? Be, this is um, October 21st through the 26th. Okay. Yeah. So that's in Baja. So you're kind of leading the this it's like a kind of like a retreat style but camping and is it just for sober people or yes. like okay. Just for sober ladies. Sober ladies, got um, it. And I'm doing it with Sea Trek who's actually the the leader of this trip, but I've kind of um I've hooked up with them and we're going to co-lead it. I'm not teaching any sort of paddle boarding because they have the paddle board, um, guides already. So we'll have two of them with us and we'll be supported by a boat or a panga is what they call it. I believe panga. panga. Oh, no. Panga. Hmm. Um, so it will be stand up paddle board. And then in the morning we'll be doing meditations and journaling activities, same at night. And there's a full moon in the middle of the trip. So that will be super cool. Oh, wow. That's going to be um, gorgeous. Yeah. And then the Sea of Cortez as well has bioluminescence in it, which is really kind of magical at night when you can paddleboard through it and see like all the glowing plankton, I believe they are. Wow. Yeah. And so is it camping on the beach and they people bring tents or are you providing them or like what's the what's that look so like? So Sea Trek provides everything. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they'll provide the tents. They even put them up for us. Uh, you know, you can bring a pillow, bring, you know, it's like, I, like I said, bare bones. Yeah. This is not a fancy trip at all. <laughs> it's not glamping. I was going to no, say, it's not, not glamping. glamping. No, I, this is pure up camping. <laughs> if it's not glamping, it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> My mom like has this funny saying, I don't know why she came up or why we were talking about it one time. We were talking about camping and she's like, well, I'll go camping at the Hilton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, some people love it. There's something about being in nature yeah. that's very um, just serene, I guess is the word yeah. maybe. Yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait to do this trip sober. It's just, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be kind of a full circle moment sounds like for you too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so. So okay. how do people, are there spots left? Can people still come and sign up? What yep, do they do? I Think of right now, there's three spots left. Um, they can sign up on my website, which will be directed to C-Trek. Okay. Um, and then C-Trek actually is handling everything. So, cool. yeah. And they'll uh, get all the information from them. Amazing. So yeah. And then um, um, I actually, I had a, out of nowhere, kind of a literary agent um, mm. reached out to me and had a conversation with me that was uh, piqued some interest in writing. And I have found myself signing a contract to write a book. Oh <gasps> my God. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In app. That's huge. It's terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, me, girl, I know, I'm just, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm just letting the universe kind of show me the way. That's so. incredible. So what kind of book is it? 
Well, it's definitely not going to be a memoir. I just, uh, my life's not all that exciting. Um, <laughs> can I get back to you on that? Like, you're, you're still deciding. <laughs> um, no, there's definitely, there is a, there are working ideas, but, um, cool. uh, yeah. So it's, uh, that's it, exciting. It's yeah. And I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. So nope. it, <laughs> you stay true to you. I mean, yeah. If anybody follows you on Instagram, especially, they know you're going to stay true to you, like for sure. Yeah. And I love that about you, by the way. You're very just, this is it, you know, this is me. And it's yeah. amazing. Oh my God, congratulations. That's huge. That's yes. like such yeah. exciting news. Thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Do you and have nervous. like a timeline or are you still trying to like figure that all out? Um. Well, right now we're in uh, contract mode, so gotcha. Uh, yeah, I have. I don't know this. I don't know the world at all, so I have other people helping you. Yes, good. So that's where I am right now. Amazing! Oh my goodness, yeah. this is such exciting <laughs> news. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Can so I go there's all get my that. first signed copy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh, well, Maya, you are just so awesome. And I have to say, by the way, like you're so you have such a like calming and soothing presence to you that I can never imagine you being angry. Oh, I know. <laughs> I wanted to say that earlier. And I was like, wait, I got to say that now because you really do. Yeah, you have a very no. calm presence. Yeah. No, no, no. My husband used to call me the rage. Uh, what was it? The rage, the raging yogi. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh man. Yeah. It's me. Oh it's yeah. Me. I have a, I have an anger side. <laughs> We're like recovering angry people. Seriously. Yes. It's a thing. Yeah. It and really is. Now it's like, you know, really are. sometimes people give me a hard time because I'm not like, I, I, tend to stay more positive. Like that's real shit. Like I went through so much shit drinking that yeah. I, don't, I need, I don't want to go there anymore. And I don't need to put that energy around myself. Like if I have a bad day, I have a bad day, no problem. But I don't know. My days are so much better than what they used to be. So yeah. me too. Totally. And I'm with you on that. Like I think a lot of the times people see me sharing and stuff and I do try to kind of stay positive, but it's because I do have this other like angry side of me and mm -hmm. like I, I really try not to like feed it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so and there's nothing wrong with doing yeah. that or, you know, with feeding that angry side or not feeding it. It's yeah. just a matter of what you want what for you yourself. Want. And yeah. And I've said this before, like I work in a, in a pretty tough place, you know, I see a lot of shit and a lot of unfairness mm -hmm. when it comes to just what we go through as human beings. And I don't take my life for granted anymore. Mm -mm. So I, anything that bothers me or that pisses me off is going to pass and I'm just not going to sit in it. Yeah. And I'm not going to let it build up in me. I'm just, you know, life is, Life is good to be as cheesy as it gets. Life is good, you know? Mm -hmm. Life is good. It can be good. Oh. And I, I think that journal's working. I need to get me one of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, oh, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Oh, of course. Thank you. So exciting thank to you have so you. And yes. um, you guys go Come follow. hiking. I'm going to. I'm going to message you soon. And we're, we're going to get this ironed out. And you guys go follow the Sober Glow Maya on Instagram and check out her events and all the upcoming yes. stuff. It sounds like we got some stuff in the works here. So yes. yeah. And her website is thesoberglow.com. Yes. Yes. And Kelly, if you ever come to California, please look me up this time. Definitely. I'm sorry I didn't last time. I didn't think <laughs> of it. I had a busy schedule, but definitely next time. Of course. For sure. Yes. Okay. I love it. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. And until next time, we'll see you guys online. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Guys. Bye. <laughs>